Welcome back to Women's Wealth, The Middle Way, the show that answers your questions about work, money, and family. My name is Susan McGlory Michael, and I am the CEO and founder of Glen Eagle, a wealth management firm in New Jersey. Today is a special day for me. Carol Ann Fernandez, my daughter, and I are here because we really wanted to talk about something that's near and dear to our hearts, financial literacy and the importance it is on teaching our children and young adults about money. Carol, welcome. Thanks. I'm excited to be here. And we're excited because there are many creative and engaging ways to teach life lessons, especially about finances to any a child of any age. And as a new mother, this is something that I think about often, even though she's only an infant at this point. A new mother and, and, and let's add a new grandmother. So <laughs> we, are, we are thrilled. But that's one of the reasons we were just the other night sitting and talking and we thought if this topic is so near and dear to our hearts, we really believe there are a lot of young families out there who want to teach their children about money. But actually, studies have shown that when we're growing up in most financial education whatsoever, it's not done in at home or at school. And they did a study since 2016, and there's not one U.S. state that has added personal finance to the K-12 standards of education. And so Carolyn and I were just having a conversation and, and realized that this lack of financial kind of basis is sort of creating a long-term negative effect. And so we thought today, why don't we as women in, in our Women's Wealth Network talk about that? Nearly one-fourth of millennials are, when they've done uh, the, the studies, are spending more money than they earn, and 67% of Gen Wires are less than three months' worth of savings. And, and that's not their fault. I think part of it is survival, and part of it is not a knowledge of the, the power of things like compounding or the fact that we didn't start at a young age thinking about, how do I make this work, this dollar work for me, or then eventually the $10 and then school but I know, Carol, you might want to talk a little bit about that studies show that children benefit from learning how money works. And I know you've thought about how you're going to start to approach this as you raise your daughter. But beginning at a, a very young age, they're finding that the financial literacy, a better understanding, a child is given a, a, a broader understanding of not only their own country, but also the world economy, just from conversations at the dinner table. And I know that you've experienced that. My children are not sure it was a plus or a minus, but they had a father and a mother who were both in the world of finance. So often the conversations around the table were about finance. And I think that's one of the keys. Is a lot, it's, it's apparent that a lot of children um, emulate what their parents talk about. So if you talk about money, even if it's broadly, you don't need to be showing your kids your budget or making them worried about your financial situation, but just having broad topics about the economy or understanding that if you're a working parent, that you're working in order to provide for the family is a healthy way of starting to get your kids engaged. And they found that kids who spend and handle money on their own, whether it's through a small allowance or having a, a savings account or a job eventually, tend to be less anxious as they grow up about finances and more confident, especially as women, this is a big thing that we talk about, is the confidence in just understanding 
um, the basic terms of financing or a budget and not being scared of money in general is, is something that if you start at a young age can really benefit them long term. And I think over the years um, I've watched so many families and I think that parents hesitate to have a conversation, a very normal conversation. Children shouldn't be worried that you're not going to make ends meet or you're in debt, but they can know that there's only so much money that comes in and that we jointly have to make decisions. And one of them might be if you're taking a family trip, per se. We real all want to go on this vacation. We want to go to Disney World or we want to go hiking in the mountains. Whatever that trip might be, let's set a budget. What activities do we want to do on that trip? And they have to hear, well, we would love to go skydiving, but skydiving costs this much. And if we go skydiving, maybe then we can't take the water rafting trip and we may not be able to go on that special hike or that special amusement park. So decisions have to be made. The other thing is, you know, you talk about your retirement, and it's okay to talk to your children about retirement, where you might want to live and what your aspirations and goals are. It's good for them to hear that, especially when they're taking their first job. And what we used to do is fun things, like we would put a challenge up. One of the things is when they were just of age to get that first job, and you know, first jobs never pay that much. But we would say to them, if you make $100 this summer, or you make $1,000 this summer, whatever you make, we're going to match that. And if you can figure out how to do it, even if it's match half of it or one-fourth of it, and they put it into an account of maybe a stock account that they can buy something with, you would not believe that when they start to see the compounding, and then you can do a chart and say, you know, if you start saving, put it away now in a Roth IRA now because it's your first job, look at the compounding and look what this could be someday for you. You will be shocked at how energetic they are and maybe you want to talk about some of the things that happen but I, I remember my kids coming home saying mom I'm going to work an extra week because then you owe me this much money because I'm going to get an extra week's pay and I would smile and think game on that's a, that's a great motivation to have and I've heard uh, some parents doing it where they make it a third so they basically say you get one third of the money one third is given to a charity of your choice and one third goes into the bank account and I think that's a great way of doing it as well because it's not only showing that they're giving to a charity of their choice, but they're also saving and they can use some of the money. So not everything has to be saved. Um, talking about the vacations, I remember when we were little, we wanted to go skiing and my dad having a, a pretty frank conversation with us on, well, you forgot gloves and you forgot the coat and all these things. It's not all negative. It's not you can't do those activities. We still went on the ski trip, but I think we appreciated it more because we realized how much everything does cost and that there is budgeting and we could maybe get a job when we're older and, and do things that we want to do by saving a little bit. You know, and it's interesting when you talk about this, when we were thinking about doing this, I decided I should probably do a little research and have some data. And they, they really have shown that kids who spend and handle money on their own with their parents kind of over overseeing it tend to be much more self-confident about money once they are on their own. And actually, as Carol was talking about earlier, less anxious about their finances. The other thing that the studies have shown is there's a greater chance that your child will begin to save for retirement early when you start having those conversations and also talking about the dynamics of compounding. The last one I always found interesting was that the studies have shown that to have reduced the amount of personal debt as an adult and lower the likelihood of using higher cost methods of borrowing because they begin to see vehicles that they can use or options that they can have or strategies that they can set up when they start at a younger age. And I think that that, for us as parents, we found
found watching our adult children, it was sort of an awesome experience to see how when the light bulb went on, and now as grandparents, watching them instill this in their children. And so it's never too young to start for children, and it's also never too late to start with even um, young adults. And I think another great way to talk about it is open a savings account with your child. So no matter what age they are, they can open an account. I remember as a third grader being allowed to open an account and decide what stock I wanted to buy, and I had decided to buy McDonald's because as any young kid, that's you know the place that you love to go. And my mom explained to me that that meant I had ownership in it. And, of course, I had very, very little ownership. But every day we would look at the newspaper and see, did the stock go up? Did it go down? And I became very invested in seeing if my money was going to go up on something that I bought. So choosing a stock that your child is invested in, whether it's a video game company they like or a sport that they like and they want to invest in that company, anything like that can get them engaged and excited about money and then teaching them almost how to see whether the stock is going up or down. Of course, it's a very small amount that they're probably able to buy, but that can be exciting to a little child. And, and I also think in life, you're always playing games. I can remember the kids being at the beach for the summer and my dad was an entrepreneur and they decided they were going to have a lemonade stand. And at the time, there was no walkway from the beach to our house. And so people had to walk over the hot sand. And so they came up with the idea they were going to have a little pool so people would come off the hot stand and jump in that water pool, and then they would have a lemonade stand, and they would usually go home and come back with 10 cents or 50 cents. And the kids were enamored with the fact that all these people coming off the beach were buying their lemonade and using their pool to cool their feet off from the hot sand. And they were pretty um, ambitious and thought they were going to be on the top of the world until my dad brought them in and said, okay, my mom, their nanny, had made the lemonade for them. And so he would say, nanny, how much did it cost you to make the lemonade? She said, well, I don't know. You know, the lemonade pack was maybe 15, 20 cents. Okay, so he would take the 15, 20 cents. And how much does it cost us to have that pool of water? And they were like, poppy. Now, mind you, when the ice cream truck came down the road that night, Poppy was buying everybody ice cream. But the fact is, what he was beginning to let them understand is, yes, for every dollar that you brought in, that there was an expense to that. But now I will say that many of the children have grown up to be entrepreneurs. Not sure that's a good or bad thing, but they do still all get together and laugh about how they learned about money and how they learned that it's not just a dollar and it's all about me. And back to what Carol's saying, when you bring some income in, how do you give back to society? How do you save some of it? And then how do you enjoy it? Because if we don't learn to enjoy money, Studies have shown savings will never work. You have to be able to really take part of that money and enjoy it and feel like you earned it and celebrate. But with that, you also have to respect it. And I think that's the balance. Um, we begin at a very young age to teach children and, and even young adults. And it can be as basic as even playing a board game. I mean, there's a lot of board game monopoly life where money is involved. It doesn't even have to be actual money, but... That's a good way to start the conversation and introduce uh, your kids while playing a game that they like about money. We just wanted to take some time today to give a few ideas. There's obviously lots of them. We would love our listeners to share if they have other ideas uh, on how to talk to kids at any age about money. But I think the important thing is to not make it a, a conversation that's not allowed to be talked about, that money is something that can be discussed as a family and I think the last thing that we'd like to, we started with young children and fun things you can do with young children, but I think it is, and we'll do other ones where we talk about older children, but the one thing I would say is the gift you give your child is to make sure that they know it's not all about money. It's about what are they enjoying 
that brings them revenue or money, even that first job. If they're going to be miserable in that first job and they're only taking it for money, what a great learning experience, Young, to say, if you're not going to be happy, this is not for you. What is it that you love? And what you love brings you also income. I, I think that's the gift that children begin to see. And they do model us. And I think that we often think that they're not watching and seeing. So having those conversations and being transparent with them, I think, is so powerful over the dinner table. I always used to say, let's turn the TV off and let's have a conversation. We want to thank you all for joining us. And you know where we are. I always say I, I may not be the expert with lots of degrees in psychology, but I am a mom of school hard knocks with four children. And Carol, now a new mom, starting to journey this in finance. So we are more than willing to answer any questions. Give us a call. We'd love to talk. And, and also, if you can share some ideas with us that we can share with others, that's what women do. We share our knowledge. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode of Women's Wealth, The Middle Way. Make sure to subscribe to us and leave a review on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast app. Join us for new episodes every other Wednesday. See you in two weeks.